Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. My name is Mark, and today I am here with Perrin. How's it going there, Perrin? Pretty good. This is maybe our 10th time through the intro, so yeah. uh, we're going to... Let's avoid the phrase, what up, this time. It seemed to cause fits <laughs> of laughter before, but yeah. Today, we're going to be discussing working with agencies. I say discussing, but this is this may actually end up being more of a debate than that, because we, we kind of stand on either sides of the uh, the argument there. But just before we get started, I want to remind everyone who's tuning in today and for the next couple of days as this goes out, that Authority Hacker Pro is currently available. There's a crazy cheap early bird offer on at the moment. Nice bundle there. Lots of goodies, lots of bonuses, etc., etc. Head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash pro. It has not been available since September of last year. So it's about eight, nine months ago. And it's going to be expiring real soon. This early bird price is going on expiring on Wednesday. So if you want to get in now, do so. You will never be offered this price again. And enough of the shameless plugs. Let's get on with the podcast. By the way, today's uh, show notes, you can go to authorityhacker.com forward slash 71. That's the number seven one. And you can get all the links and details and a summary of, of everything we're, we're chatting about. So let's kick off, Perrin. I'm going to ask you a question. What is an agency in the context of what we're describing it? Yeah, so mostly what we're going to be talking about here, and there are all kinds of agencies for lots of the stuff we do in internet marketing. I think what we're mostly going to be talking about here is content agencies. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is going to apply to every sort of agency and every sort of service, because I know people have similar problems with different sorts of services and agencies. Today, really, it's mostly going to be about content, though. Right. And you're quite a fan of content agencies. You use that for most, if not all, of your content on your sites. Is that right? Yeah. And it's getting worse, man. I have a pretty good relationship with my primary content agency. And so now I'll ping them for guest posts that are important or like one-off pieces of content. And because I'm ordering lots of stuff, they tend to treat me well. So I'm even becoming more reliant on them as time goes on. Not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah, long and short of it is I use them for mostly everything and I really, really like them. Why do you use an agency or what made you decide to do that? As Like, why not just hire some writers and produce content yourself? Yeah, so when I started outsourcing content, I did hire individual writers. I would hire them on Upwork. I hired them or I hired people I knew. I would try to build teams for myself on some of the marketplaces like Text Broker or iWriter, which can kind of function like agencies, but you're still in there, you know, being your own project manager. So I did start that way. And doing that is a very good way to automize or automate. Automate. <laughs> it is Wednesday. Automate the writing process. I wanted a way to automate everything else. So the project management, especially the editing and an agency for me ended up being a good way to do that. Of course, you can do that by hiring editors and hiring project managers yourself. But at my level, I never had the budget for that. So an agency ended up being the best solution as far as 
a combination of good cost per word per article mm-hmm. plus getting all of the stuff automated that I want to automate. Don't you find though the agencies are, are usually more expensive because essentially they're doing the same thing as you could do in-house with your own team, but they're just adding their agency markup for like to pay their project managers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think nowadays it's really close. I think that argument may have been stronger in 2013 when it was pretty easy to find writers who are writing at like two cents a word and you could pay 20 bucks for a thousand words. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I think writers are getting a little bit more expensive and the agencies who are operating on a bulk basis who can deal in higher volume with lower margins get really, really close. So for example... I still do have a top writer who writes like the best stuff for me, mm-hmm. stuff that's like really, really important and I need it to be A plus quality. I use him for like one off stuff that I just want to be stellar. He charges me like 50 cents a word. The agency that I use, not 50 cents, five cents a word, but $50 for like a thousand words. Yep. The, the main agency that I use, which is Word Agents, they charge me between five and six cents a word. So on average, it is a little bit more expensive. However, with the writer that I hire, I'm editing it, I'm keeping in contact with him, I'm proofreading, and I'm uploading. Mm -hmm. And so all of that stuff takes my time. My time, of course, is worth money. So I think it's really, really close. It's just with writers, um, I tend to do more. Now, that's not to say that you can't, because if you put the energy, and I think this is going to be your argument in a second, and I won't do it for you, but if you put the energy into hiring and training and do a lot of that work up front. I think you can do it. I just never wanted to put in that work up front because an agency tends to be a good out-of-the-box solution. I think there's a really important thing you, you you mentioned just a couple minutes ago about this kind of like gradual price increase of content. I mean, definitely like since 2013, it's it's gone up significantly, much more than you would sort of imagine like the, the rate of inflation has gone up. I think there's something very true there that when you're ordering content in bulk and reliably in bulk, like if you have a full-time writer, your cost per word is much lower than if you're, you know, every second or third week, you're ordering four articles from one writer. And I think that there is a kind of benefit and there may be a benefit in a way to going going with an agency who can you know hire hire a team of full-time writers and get the cost down a little bit that way so like the margins that they may be adding on to it may be you know more or less what the difference between that and what you would have paid anyway just because you're not hiring someone full-time and you're, you're right. irregular in your in your work so yeah i mean there's definitely a possibility i think though a lot of the agencies, I mean, I had a look at word agents as well. We even like tried them out for a little bit. But the the other agencies, certainly I've seen doing content, they charge a lot, like, you know, 10, 15, even like they 20, do. 20 cents a word. And I kind of feel like they're more targeted towards the big kind of like, you know, multinationals that want to like get into doing the online side of things or or whatever. They're not really like the, the small players like, like you or I. Yeah, I agree. And even in, you know, the smaller agencies that I've been in touch with and I've used over time are also moving in that direction because there's just more money there. That said, there's always going to be some percentage of content agencies that will sell to people like us simply because we want to buy it and there's a market there. So it's I don't think it's going to evacuate completely, but 
that trend for sure is making it more difficult to find higher quality agencies. And it's going to make, I think, over time, uh, finding one or two good writers more attractive in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And something I sort of remember from our own days is not doing content so much, but it was more like SEO and digital marketing. Gail and I used to run an agency doing that. And the sort of, we used to call them like bottom feeder clients, you know, those penny pinching yeah. clients that really are, you know, on your lowest tiers or your lowest pricing. And they sort of question every dollar they spend. They actually take up like a lot more energy and a lot more time from an agency than the the big multinational that's, you know, you you know, every month by a certain date, you're, the, the check's going to be paid or whatever. So I think there's, there's, there tends to be a tends to be a tendency with agencies after they sort of been established for a while to kind of move towards the upper end of the spectrum there just because it's much easier to operate in in that in that space but i know you've been working with uh with word agents for quite a while and is that the only agency used or did you try others as well I tried a few others. I slowly moved all of my business to word agents mm-hmm. just because that's where my relationships were best. And that's who spent the time getting to know me. I spent the time getting to know them. And that to me is one of the benefits of an agency. You know, it feels it feels like my team after I've built that relationship and I can use them anytime I'm, I want. Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of one of the other benefits of why I really like agencies. If I were to hire a writer, I usually to keep a writer happy, you need to be able to give them consistent work. And that's fine and that's awesome. And I would love to be able to give somebody a consistent job. Uh, At my level, at least when I started really producing lots of content, I didn't have the budget to pay a writer you know, a writer in, you know, Eastern Europe, $1,500 a month or $2,000 a month or whatever ends up being. So instead, I preferred to buy in batches where I would spend a little bit more money, you know, say low five figures per batch of content, but I could order it whenever I wanted and I didn't have to commit to a monthly payment or salary or end up like hurting anybody if I didn't want to order content the next month or something. So I think there's some inherent flexibility in using an agency that you might not have if you're going to have a regular writer or a regular team. Yeah, that's a pretty good point, actually. Often when we start a new site, it's kind of like, all right, here's 100 pieces of content. Let's get that done. Even if you have a full-time writer, that can take you, you know, a few months. But if you if you outsource that to an agency and, you know, you do it correctly and all the sort of stars line up, then, you know, they can start assigning several people to work on your project at the start and actually accomplish it faster. So I think that's another another point in uh, in favor of, of using agencies. But I would just personally from like running an agency before, I kind of like maybe I just ran it badly. In fact, I probably did. But just seeing the inside of it, I always feel there's this like kind of disconnect between you know what they're actually like i mean their goal is basically to get as much money out of you as possible and that's fine you know it's that they're a business at, at the end of the day but i find that there can be like somewhat different mo- if you can get a very well motivated staff internally that's just working for you on a consistent basis like they they can like really reach for the like a plus level level content and i haven't seen that from from any agency I've, I've worked mm-hmm. for. Uh, certainly not at the, the price point I'm willing to pay. Yeah, for sure. And there's a similar benefit with an in-house team. I know we're supposed to be having a debate here, but I'm and I'm, and I'm arguing for you, but there really is a good benefit to having 
consistent in-house writers, and that is that they get to know the site, they get to know you and your style, and they get to know the content. So over time, they literally become subject matter experts, even if they weren't before. And that's a huge advantage, especially if you are in a more competitive niche where quality content or original content matters more. Yeah, it's also kind of there's a style expectation uh, as, as well. So a really good example I had was quite recently our editor for Health Ambition. I asked her to just quickly edit and have a look over a few articles from a completely different site in an industry she knew nothing about. And, you know, she was able to do it and more or less come uh, bring it to like the level I, I wanted it uh, just because she understands like the the general styling and the like how what makes good content for health ambition makes good content for most of our other sites generally speaking so there's something something to be said about that do you feel that you're hostage to agencies at all like i mean you mentioned that you're quite i guess reliant on them on, on that one now like what happens if they just say okay we're doubling our prices tomorrow yeah, you know, and that that sort of thing happens all the time in internet marketing. A certain type of link doesn't work or Amazon cuts your commission rates and the answer is always you just kind of figure it out. I think I kind of have an advantage because I've been a writer before. If I really needed to, I could just block out a couple hours a night and write an article every day until I got what I needed. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I would just go back to hiring writers or I would find a different agency or I would, you know, look at textbooker iWriter and order cheap articles and just edit them. There are lots of different ways you can go. I don't feel like I'm necessarily a hostage to the agencies. I think on the contrary, having a good relationship with agencies puts me in a better position. So at the agencies that I use, I am friends with those people. We talk on Skype about stuff that's like not business. So I'll put an order in. Well, ask questions if there's a problem i'll address it but after that you know we're shooting the breeze and like i know what's going on in the personal lives i'm also placing large orders which always helps when you're working with a business the bigger your orders the nicer they're going to be to you and so when you've built that relationship in both a professional and a personal capacity you can get discounts they're gonna they're gonna let you know what's going on in the industry they're gonna do you favors you know so I feel like over time, if you build a good relationship, instead of really being hostage, you can be at more of an advantage compared to the person who's coming in just trying to order content fresh and the agency doesn't know them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that is probably like key to to getting the most out of an agency really is to to kind of have a not just a one way, but like a, a proper two way relationship with them. And it does take time. But like, how have you managed to do that? Like, what are some ways people can, can achieve that? Yeah, so I think the most important thing, and we're going to talk about this in detail and give steps for this, but I like to frame it in a way of just being an A-plus client. And the first step to that is understanding that anytime you start with a new agency and a new project manager, account manager, and team of writers, it's going to be rocky. There are going to be hiccups. This doesn't change no matter how you get your content. And I think people go into agencies expecting to just like email a brief and get back a perfect piece of content. That is not how it works. You have to put in work up front and be as good of a client as you can possibly be and be flexible and go through that relatively rough learning period so that you can learn about their process, they can learn about your process, they can learn your style. You can get familiar with some of their their writers and, you know, sort of move around people who you end up liking. So the first part is just 
being a really good client and giving each other leeway. And then after that, really, it comes down to just networking. So the owner of Word Agents and I had known each other beforehand, but we weren't necessarily friends. But just through doing business and taking a little bit of time to chat about things that aren't business, mm-hmm. and I hope he doesn't get like a thousand Skype messages from people trying to <laughs> try to like be his friend now. But you can do this with any agency. But you know, taking a little bit of time to get to know each other, understanding that they're people on the other end of the line and that they are working really hard for you and thanking them. I like to give writers bonuses at the end of projects a lot of the time just because some of these writers are writing 50, 60, 70,000 words for me over the course of a couple months, which Mm -hmm. is excruciatingly difficult. So it's just practicing empathy, making friends, and being flexible, especially at the start uh, rather than being like rigid and a hard ass about your requirements or whatever. Yeah, I think as well, like it's not just about like having that mentality, but it's about being quite tactful in your communication there. Yes. A a perfect example is when I was using word agents, uh, like quite early on, like they did something which was just like, it was decent, but it wasn't quite what we're looking for. And instead of explaining it in such terms, I I can be quite direct when I'm talking to people, especially if it's on Slack or Skype or something. I said something like, oh, it was pretty terrible, but we could just change this and this. And like, that was definitely not the right choice of words to use in that situation. (laughs) You know, if if someone's trying to match your expectations and kind of understand what you're, you're looking for, if your response is like, overly negative even if there's you know improvement needed or whatever it can be i guess a bit disheartening to the people uh, doing the work at the end of the day so the same way as you know you brought up the point earlier if you're hiring someone to work in your team and you know day one they write something you're like yeah it's pretty terrible you know they're probably not (laughs) going to feel too great about this new job so you have to kind of bring them up to speed and you know communicate with them in the right way without sort of upsetting them too much early on, I guess. Right. And, you know, you have to understand that a lot of business transactions aren't just about you getting what you want because you gave somebody money. Mm -hmm. It's about working with somebody. And eventually agencies can be 90% hands off. That's one of the huge benefits. It's just like anything in our line of work is that it takes work up front to set up a system and a relationship that will get you to that hands-off place where you can realize the benefits. Yeah, I think a lot of people as well are, are, are thinking like, because I'm paying you money, I don't have to deal with that. I'll just give you the keywords and you give me the content. But yes. that's, just, that's never going to work. There's not a single situation where you can you, you can do that. Um, you, you, you have to sort of work, work it up over time, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think people should... Try more to empathize with writers who are getting dozens of different kinds of briefs per day and they're trying to meet everybody's expectations. Having worked as a writer, I can tell you it's really difficult to keep stuff straight and sometimes stuff slips through the cracks and sometimes a mistake might need to be corrected two or three times before you internalize it. So, you know, it's just empathy and flexibility at the get-go. So, I mean, one of the one of the things I, I mentioned uh, earlier was about the sort of the bottom feeder clients, as I cost, as I called it, those who are counting every dollar and you know refusing to pay a fair price. I think that's probably that tends to happen before you start working with them with an agency, like when you're doing the negotiation. 
but uh, I mean, how do you how do you decide like what's the right price to pay? Like, what's your thoughts about about that? Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, it's going to vary by industry. It's going to vary by type of content. And usually if you go to an agency, they're going to want to know your requirements first and they're going to want to know what extras you want. Like, do you want proofreading? Do you want us to upload it to WordPress, which some agencies do, some agencies don't? Do you want us to use a semantic analyzer? All these different things you can add. So it's going to be just a judgment call based on how much work you want to do on your end. It's the cheapest way to go is going to be just supplying a keyword, having the writer write whatever they want, and then you edit it, right? And you can get pretty cheap going that way, maybe two or three cents a word. I find the best balance for me is having a project manager, having one round of editing, and then supplying a really, really detailed brief. And that gets me in the five or six cents a word mark. You have to realize, though, that the return on your content for an authority site is the highest return thing that you will buy probably. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to not pinch pennies with your content and to be okay paying a little bit more, even if it means you're going to be ordering less articles. Right. So, and I think it's also worth mentioning about quality. So it's been my experience when hiring writers, that is that after you get above a sort of threshold, a minimum threshold, difference in quality between paying sort of for a full-time writer for example like three cents a word and five cents a word or or three cents a word and ten cents a word isn't really that much and tends to be quite random like i find a lot of prices which are set by by individuals or even by agencies can be you know not necessarily a direct correlation with how good the, the the content or whatever the services you might be doing uh, you might be buying it's not as if like the most expensive agency is always the best so it definitely pays to shop around not just on the price but like actually see what you're getting for that and i think the only way to really know is to to work with people that's why like when we're hiring writers we always you know do test articles often paid ones for them do you do like uh do you test out agencies in the same way i do so i do it exactly the same way i will hire an agency to do a test batch and then and maybe that's 10 articles or it's five articles or whatever it is based on my budget, keeping in mind that I'm going to be able to at least edit those articles and use them anyway. And then, you know, as they start to come in, we can tweak the process as we go. And I can say, hey, we're a little bit far apart here on the brief or this is great. We need to do more of this or I really like the writer's idea here. And then what usually happens with agencies is because they have large teams of writers especially if you're ordering big batches of content where you need multiple writers, you'll end up with options and your project Mm -hmm. manager will say like, okay, we have these 10 writers here, sort of their style. Tell me who you like and don't like. And then we can test to these five and then we can pick three of those to be the core team for this project, which is one of the advantages of agencies. It's like going through Upwork applications, except someone else is doing it for you. And your project manager is already going to know those people. So I do test them. It just tends to be more leveraging the manpower the agency has instead of me doing it. Mostly what I'm doing is just saying yes or no to articles and then giving light feedback. Yeah, and in order to enable that, I think it's worth making sure that you're actually you actually know who's writing which article or producing each piece of content, so that you're better able to kind of uh, figure out that. I, I know some agencies are a little bit secretive about like the names of people they're working on. You know, they're worried you might contact them directly or yeah. things like that, or 
they just like maybe want to disguise where they're from in some cases or you know but i i think it's definitely worth like getting their names of of everyone who's writing it you know just makes communication easier but also so you can kind of see who's the people you want and i think that's a little tip yeah even if it's just writer one writer two and writer three being able to say like let's keep this person working because they're doing great and then this person's missing the mark let's use somebody else that goes a long way right so how do you track all of this i mean most agencies don't at, least at this level they don't really have their own um dashboards or content production process their own copy cog but like how do you manage all that is it this similar process to just managing writers yeah, so I think tracking is one of the more important things when you are going to be hiring an agency because a lot of times these agencies won't have a back end unless they're huge. And some of the really big agencies like Constant Content, they have back ends, but they're just terrible. So most of the time you have to do it. The way I like to do it is just a simple Google Sheet. Mm-hmm. And the lesson I've learned over ordering lots of or through ordering lots of content for lots of sites and Uh, lots of batches, is the best way to do it is to have just one spreadsheet that has everything in it that everybody who needs to look at it can share. So myself, my account manager, and my project manager slash editor, there's one very simple sheet that tracks everything. That's every single keyword. It has the title. It has the category. It has the word count, has the editorial status, which is just like a little drop down that you can make in Google Sheets. And it has a link to the completed article in Google Docs, which is how I prefer mine to be delivered. So what usually happens when you create something like that is that the project manager can just go down the list and assign them as needed. And sometimes they'll want to put like a writer column in there, which I actually like to do too, because I can see who's writing the articles. And they can just go down the list and they can assign them, they can change the status, and then when they're done, they can upload the link to the Google Docs. So there's no emails going back and forth, there's no folders for you to organize uh, or files to organize. When you, it's your turn to go upload all the stuff, you just click the link and then copy and paste or use whatever tool you want to get it into WordPress. And it ends up being really efficient and there's not anything to lose track of. Everything is in one place and then everybody can just kind of work down the list until it's completed. One of the things I usually include at the top is a brief for each category or article type so that the project manager doesn't have to go find that either. And I'll repost those even if they have them before. So I've got all these articles and I know they're going to use my product brief, my informational brief, and my category or, or a silo page brief. All of those links will also be in that tracking sheet. But uh, the takeaways for that and it can be, any, you know, you don't have to do it my way, but it should be simple and everything should be in one place. Right. And do you use the briefs from AHPro? As a get basic guide, the briefs are a whole different animal. And I think we're going to get into that in a second. But I do like to customize them based on my niche and based on feedback. But I think one more thing to say about the tracking sheet is that You shouldn't just make it up and force people to use it. You should make it up, give it to the project manager and say, does this work for your team? Is there anything you need clarified? What would you add? What would you take away? I want to keep it simple. Can we use this? Because the project manager is going to be the one who's using it more than anybody. So it needs to work for them more than it needs to work for you. And as long as everything's in one place, it's probably fine. But it goes a really, really long way for making their jobs easier 
making them like you, and then making your job a lot more efficient. So you have to do less work. Yeah, it's kind of been my experience that about half of, or I'm just making this number up, but like there's a, a group of agencies which will completely be flexible and whatever system spreadsheet, you know, if you want to use Basecamp or something like that, Asana, they'll they'll be flexible and they'll use it. And then there's like the other sort of other half or the other group who, you know, they have their own process. So, you know, you have to fill in this form or you have to use a sheet or you have to do whatever. I mean, like all of their clients have to, to work the same way. So it's worth worth checking that out before you sort of commit to anyone as well if you if you sort of have a preference but i know when we gail and i had our agency we used i remember what it was we were using Teambox initially and then i totally forgotten what the other other one was it may have been Basecamp. i can't remember but something like that and if someone was you know going off off path too too much and even emailing us too often or there's too many like skype chats that we like actually actively encourage them actually no get back on the the system so everyone has visibility of what's going on but i think if you have a single point of contact like with a project manager then that's i guess you know it's uh, there's a bit more flexibility uh there mm-hmm. yeah and if, if that's the case with the agency that you like and want to use that's fine i think um, you should just learn their system the most important thing is to avoid a hundred emails and files going back and forth and you know yeah. any system where it's easy to lose track of stuff what you want is a single uh, home base to keep everything for a project all right so let's talk about briefs because uh you know i'm, I'm ready to plug authority hacker pro here oh um, yes <laughs> i mean so we've established that briefs are like an important thing throughout you know all in authority hacker we we, we talk about having content briefs why are they especially important when working with an agency more so than working with your own writer? Yeah, so I think a good place to start is to walk you through a writer's mindset when they get a bad brief because I have been that writer working for an agency getting a bad brief. So what happens is you're sitting down to write for the day. You are making probably half of the going rate. So if the person is paying five cents a word, you're going to be making about 2.5 cents a word. That's like 20 or $25 per thousand words. So in order to make a decent living wage, you might have to write three or 4,000 words a day. Anybody who's been a writer or has tried to write anything knows that that is difficult work. It's not easy to do, especially if you're living in a place like the U.S. or whatever, right? So that's your rate. The way you make that rate is to write for that for as much of that time as possible, Okay, so you've got a thousand words to write. You want to spend as much of it with your fingers on the keyboard as you can. But what comes across your desk is an 11-page document with three pages of style guidelines and uh, different instructions for every article, some of which you can't understand, some of which require you to do like really crazy research. Maybe they want you to watch a whole training video on a site. Whatever it is, just reading and understanding the brief uh, takes you an hour. And it's cutting, it's, that's already cut into your writing time for the day. After that, because there's so much information to process in addition to all of the other briefs that you've got for all the other clients, you're probably going to get it wrong. So you send the article off having gotten some of it inevitably wrong. It's going to come back for multiple rounds of revisions. And that's really not your fault. It's because the brief was so bad. So... Really, bad briefs can 
destroy every good part of working with an agency. They're going to destroy the writer's efficiency. They're going to make them mad at you because the writers are mad. They're going to make the project managers mad, et cetera, et cetera. So it really is one of the most important things. The way I like to do briefs is I usually start with the age pro brief because we've refined them and, and optimized them, I don't know, for years now. They're very good briefs. No brief is going to fit every market, right? So I'm going to be in a different market. I'm going to customize every briefs. Usually what that means for me is I'm going to write a couple articles myself for that specific website, and I'm going to use them as examples. I'm going to put those in the brief. I'm going to compile sources that I want writers to use, so maybe 10, 15, 20 good regular sources, and then explain what are other acceptable sources to use. Um, some other stuff like YouTube channels, maybe some style notes. But in the end, it's going to look a lot like the AH Pro template, which is good because it is easy and concise while also being detailed enough to give writers the instructions they need to meet your standards. So I think the number one mistake with briefs is that if you have something that's important to you, it has to be in the brief in a simple and concise and understandable way. Probably the main communication gap I see between agencies and webmasters, and we see this a lot in HPro because we're talking to agencies all the time and we're talking to our community all the time. The biggest communication gap I see is people get an article back and they say, well, this thing isn't in there. It was really important to me, but it was never in a brief. And that's, a, that's something that has to be fixed. So it's not a matter of just taking our template and sending it off. It's using it as the best possible base and then tweaking it to your liking um, and then also understanding that you're going to have to be flexible while writers learn that brief. Right. And I, I think it's, it's quite similar when, when hiring your, your own team. It's kind of like an evolving, evolving document slash base training thing. But, you know, a lot of the time, time actually like have writers then feedback into the brief so that because they're the ones kind of reading it and using them day in, day out. So then they can actually give you feedback as to like what you should change. And I've actually in some cases have writers write their own briefs, not their own briefs, but for like a new category of content or something like that at least to to sort of get it get it started but yeah definitely definitely something very 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 crucial for this yeah the end brief uh should have no questions and the writer should be producing the articles that you want what usually happens in the beginning is that you submit a new brief to a new team of writers or to a new agency or a new project manager or whatever and then i'll try to just do one at a time and then after each one I'll see where the gap is and say, okay, this isn't doing what I want it to do. What wasn't in the brief? Or I'll ask the writers, like, which, what questions did you have? What wasn't clear in the brief? What do I need to make more concise? What doesn't need to be in there? Because the writers are the people who can make the brief better. Also your project manager, because they're going to be the communication between yourself and the writer. And so they'll be able to spot from a bird's eye view where the breakdown is and what doesn't make sense. But yeah, so... Use the Age Pro briefs as a, as a template and then tweak it so that it works for your niche, your agency, and your team. All right. And if you want to get those and you're not an Age Pro member, you can go to authorityhacker.com forward slash pro and sign up today. There is a special offer going on right now. Anything else about, uh, about being an A-plus client? Yeah, I think it's attitude a lot. When I go into working with an agency, my attitude is that it is... 
at least 50% my responsibility to make it work. Yep. And it's not all of their responsibility. It's different than, say, paying for hosting and it's, you know, they set it up and if it breaks, it's their fault. It's my responsibility to make it work and I have to put the work in up front. And then after that, after you do all that work, it can be hands off. But other do, than that, you know, do you oh, in go ahead. your mind treat an agency like a member of staff? Is that psychologically how you sort of position it, or is it something else? Yep. That's a really good way to put it. And I think the way it works in my mind is if I have staff, I feel like an editor. And if I am hiring an agency, I feel like a CEO where I can delegate more of it and give more high level stuff and then they can do the work on their own but yeah i really do treat them as if they are a staff and i try to be as empathetic and flexible as possible because i feel that that is the best way to get quality work in the most automated way over time with all the pros and cons of course it's not the only way to do it and there are big advantages to doing it other ways so let's talk just quickly if we can about the automation part of it is it realistic here to expect after a period of time for you to be able to give like let's say a list of 500 keywords and like a, a few briefs to an agency and then you will receive all those articles done perfectly requiring no edition ready to be published on your site? Yeah, so a project I'm working on right now is a really good example of that. It was a pretty large project. It was about it was like $20,000. And we did it in batches of 100 articles per month. The first batch was rough. So they were, it was a new niche. It was in, they, the agency built a new team for me. I was using some newer briefs that I'd come up with. So stuff that AH Pro didn't have a template for that were a little bit more uh, weird. I didn't know if they would work, but I wanted to try them. So I made new briefs for them and they were certainly rough to start. So the first batch, the writers had questions, project managers had questions, and I just planned to spend some time getting it right. The second batch was 100 times as smooth. And then by the third or fourth batch, all I was doing was submitting lists of keywords and a copy of my tracking sheet, and then the articles were rolling in. So it really does start a little bit rough, but smooth out consistently over time. And in the last batch, there was maybe one email from me at all and it was just to send them the link to the tracking sheet with all the keywords. And so at that point, it was significantly easy or significantly easier. You just have to plan for it to be rough up front. So would I be correct in saying that, uh, you know, initially when you're working with an agency, it's probably about as much give or take uh, work as, you know, uh, dealing with a member of staff. But after, you know, a period of time and a period of onboarding, you can maybe like let them go a little bit more and you, d you don't have to sort of have, you know, weekly team meetings and, and this, this and that, which, you know, I, I quite enjoy, but like a lot of people are, are, you know, they want the four hour work week style yeah. li lifestyle. Would, would that be a fair way of putting things, you think? Yeah. So your relationship with an agency is very similar to your relationship with a writer. I just think it deteriorates slower over time because your core style and your core relationships are kind of centralized and dispersed in like that group of people. And it's their job to stay on top of it. Whereas if you have a staff of one or two people, they might get sick, one might leave, or you might have to let somebody go. And so with an agency, you kind of build the same type of relationship, but 
just by the nature of the agency, it stays a little bit more consistent over time, which is maybe one of the benefits. But it is very similar. Yeah, I guess they kind of they rely on each other and their own sort of internal team for the like uh i'm not sure what you would call it but like the work kind of like uh glue that holds everything together whereas you know you are that glue if you're the the center yes. entrepreneur in, in in it all with your with your own team but uh okay so in what situations should someone hire an agency and in what situations is, should someone recruit themselves yeah so i think you should be hiring writers if you are on the low or the high ends of the budget. So if you are just starting to get to a place where you have the, the capital to outsource, that's a really good time to hire like one writer. And they you might hire them for you know a few articles a month or you might try to find somebody good on Upwork and try to give them some consistent part-time work and you can add content slowly to your site over time. The other good time to hire writers is if you have quite a bit of capital to throw around and you have the resources to build your own team because all the advantages of having in-house staff in a core writing team are pretty significant and i do think if you have the budget it's probably just edges out agencies in terms of preferability if you are in the middle of that did you want to add something yeah i was just gonna say as well like uh i think i think there, there's a time when there can be this sort of like skills gap between if you're going into a niche that you really know nothing about and it's quite technical in such such instances, or maybe even even if you're like a non-native English speaker, it may be just a little bit easier to to find the find an agency because they're going to be able to do the recruitment much easier. I'm not yeah. saying you can't do it yourself, and you know I talked a little bit about this in the hiring writers podcast we did a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, it, it can be difficult to hire a writer in a topic which you, you don't know so much about, for example, you know? Yeah, big time. If you need help with the recruiting, agencies are also a really good way to go for sure. So if there's some sort of language gap or expertise gap, agencies, or I'm sorry, yeah, agencies are good. Agencies are also good for the mid-range budgets. So if you have capital that will allow you to buy big batches of content, multiple thousands of dollars up in the five-figure range or up into the five-figure range. If you can spend that amount of money on content, I think agencies are a good way to go because that's usually not enough to hire a consistent in-house team, but it also or but it is enough money to hire a good agency and large batches of content. I think the exceptional case to hiring an agency, even if you do have quite a bit of money is uh, if you want to hard launch a site and buy lots and lots of content quickly. So if you've got a big budget and you want to get a site up with a thousand articles to launch it in the next couple of months, you're not going to be able to do that hiring your own writers. You're going to have to hire an agency. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sold on that. I think that it's probably partially true, but I, I think a lot of the time, if you suddenly come in and say, hey, I need to order a thousand pieces of content, there's not many agencies which would have, I don't even know how, know how many, like 10 whatever writers, 20 writers sitting around twiddling their thumbs that can you know, jump on that straight away. They're going to have to hire as well. While I agree that in many cases, they may have a more sophisticated hiring process, it's still going to take them you know, as, as much time as, as it would would kind of you to, to to get that going i think that's quite a tall order to get you know one or two thousand pieces of content finished in a month but i am pretty sure that 
you know, certainly in a niche that I was familiar with, like health, say, I'm pretty sure that I could, I could do that in maybe like three months or something. Uh, if, if, if I had to, if I was motivated to, to, to do so. And I think, I don't know. I think I'm just generally a little bit jaded about uh, working with agencies because I used to run one myself. Right. right. Um, So I always have this kind of attitude that like, yeah, I can just do it myself better. But that being said, I think that the mentally how like I operate our own writing team and, you know, any of our teams really is more or less the same as I would were they running an agency. It's just in this case, we're our own client. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes sense. So this was kind of like this, a big psychological shift when Gail and I sold our previous agency as well, because we were doing more or less the same things for those clients as we were, we are for, you know, authority hacker, health and mission, all our other sites. But now we are essentially our own, our own client. I mean, it's not exactly the same. We're not like tracking our time in the same way or, you know, invoicing clients per hour and thing like that. But yeah, I, I think that, if you use the same principles, which Perrin's gone through here, um, certainly in terms of you know set, setting up the tracking systems and you know not pinching pennies and coming in with the right attitude, if you imagine that you're your own client setting up your own agency, you can, you know, if you're good at hiring and you have the right process in place, I think you can do a pretty good, pretty good job of of doing that. You know, at any scale, really, your, your, yourself. Yeah, and so do you think it would be worth? If someone wants to do that, where is the time spent up front? Is it spent developing a hiring process and talking to as many writers as possible? Or from your perspective, having just built a content team this year or in the last 12 months, rather, where is that time spent up front? Say you don't go with an agency, you want to build a team, where do you start? I mean, just hiring writers. So if you don't know how to hire writers, then, you know, that's obviously a big learning process. And you can't really just sort of like read a few books or, or whatever on that. You, you kind of need to do a bit of trial and error there. So, yeah, I guess in, in that situation, it's, it's probably going to be gonna, it's going to be a lot more challenging to, to, to do that. But for me, if I was if I was trying to, you know, get a lot of content done very quickly, I would use a similar hiring process to I've what I outlined in the hiring writers podcast it's mm-hmm. the, the one we use right now just kind of like instead of trying to hire one writer i'd try and hire you know 10 there's not really mo- any difference between hiring one writer and hiring 10 writers it's just you need more candidates you need more applicants you need more people to you need to hire more people at the end of the day yeah and i guess maybe as we start to wrap it up one question is do you think as you go further up to scale and start to scale content do you think there's a budgetary difference an advantage or a disadvantage either way between building your own team and hiring an agency? I'd say it's cheaper to build your own team um, mm-hmm. just because at the end of the day, they're not making more, like when you're able to hire full-time writers, like almost exclusively, you can get them for, you know, the same price pretty much as, uh, as, as an agency can hire them for. Therefore, you know, you're not charging a margin on it, but they are. So it's just basic economics. Like, I'm not saying it's always going to be the case, but the numbers don't don't lie there. That I think the mm-hmm. I think you would end up being able to do that cheaper uh, if you, if you do it yourself. Yeah, you more of the money goes towards the quality of the writing. Right, right, and again, it it really depends because that is while that is true that assumes that you're going to be hiring equally as good writers as an agency. Mm-hmm, but if an agency sure. is just much better at identifying who a good writer is, 
then maybe they get much better riders for much cheaper. So that cancels itself out, you know. It's, it's hard to say, really. Yeah. Okay, so anything else around working with agencies, or should we wrap it up there? No, I think it's just, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. It's cheap to test hiring your own riders and hiring an agency. Just do a small batch of content for, for each. The main takeaway I want people to get from this is just the attitude of working with an agency and yep. being an A-plus client. But I certainly would like to know what you guys think and what your experiences have been. So definitely let us know what up with you in the comments. Yeah, and you can let us know what up by going to authorityhacker.com forward slash 71. Leave a comment there. So thanks, Perrin. Appreciate you joining me here today. And final reminder that Authority Hacker Pro is currently open for one week, just over one week only. And there's an early bird pricing offer on at the moment. It's a really, really, really great deal. And you will never be able to get it at this price again after Wednesday. So please go and check that out now authorityhacker.com forward slash pro and we will be back next monday so see you then thanks for listening to the authority hacker podcast if you enjoyed this show don't forget to rate us on itunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training